Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with master builder Marissa Riley. That's right. That's right. You guys, <laughs> I built a bed. Not only did I build an entire bed, yeah, but I also took apart an old bed. That's right. And we put it out on the street. We brought in a new bed. I built it in less than an hour. <laughs> Trey Butch. Trey fucking Butch. Trey Butch. I'm so proud of you. OJF. We're sitting on it right now. I feel so secure and stable. It's so sturdy. It is not broken, unlike the other one, which (laughs) broke every time I sat on it. And it was starting to hurt my feelings. Yeah, it was getting getting personal after a while. It was getting very personal. And I was like, look, it's like five pounds, dude. It's not that bad. And uh, the bed was making me feel crappy, yeah. so we got a new one. Got a new one, and uh, I'm just so proud of you. Thank you, you so you're, much. You're beaming. Uh, well, where are we? We're at we're at in betweeny zero twenty nine. Amazing. Uh, the man who held in a sneeze, and the walrus who accidentally woke up in Ireland. You know, these two things are relatable in such different ways. Yeah. You know, I've definitely fallen asleep on um, on a train and oh, woken yeah. up we'll basically ta- in Canada. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yep. <laughs> I've also tried to hold in a sneeze, um, but then let it out. And then I, I think every time I've held in a sneeze and then let it out, it's worse than it would have been. Oh, yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Louder, more embarrassing, goo, goo. all over. Have you ever farted? Held, <laughs> have I ever farted? No. Um, I've never Held farted. Held sneeze and uh, oh, tooted. And then farted yeah. while sneezing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, for sure. I didn't mean uh, Don't tell anyone. Uh, but yes, that's definitely, I All can right. confirm. Excellent, yeah. And it was embarrassing. Uh, yeah, well, what happened to this guy? It wasn't embarrassing. It was tragic. But we'll get to it. And before we get into in-betweeny 029, we need to make an update. uh, Or update, sorry. We need to update a story back in that we told. Hold on. I I can get this right. (laughs) (laughs) I can get this right. Uh, Before we get into in-betweeny 029, we need to update a story we told back in episode 029. Oh, yes, yes, yes. See, I did it. You nailed it. it. (laughs) Just like this bed. That's right. So if you haven't checked out our episode 029, please do. Uh, we spoke about our top three bonkers fucking recalls. Yeah, we did. Product recalls. And our winner, our number one product, and our number one asshat that day was Mr. Zucker, the creator of something called Buckyballs. The most bullshit thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So unnecessary. So dangerous. So dangerous. So Zuck. <laughs> Uh, anyway, these were marble-sized magnets, and they were taken off the market market by uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or the CPSC. And after a, it was like a two-year legal battle that eventually ended in the courts. And um, it turns out that fight isn't over. Jesus Christ! I I I just have to say, like, do we not have better things to do? <laughs> Are there not better things to deal with in the no, courts? Okay, guess there's, not. There's you know, uh uh systemic racism there is a pandemic it's too difficult there's what are you talking and we're focusing on magnets yeah guys (laughs) you guys come 
on. There's nothing wrong with this. Um, so just a reminder, these magnets are not the ones on your fridge. Uh, they were marbles and they're like two to three times stronger. So if you swallowed more than one, you'd have magnets in your gut trying to attract. And this all led to hundreds of serious intestinal injuries in children and some teens. Jesus. So back in 2014, the courts sided with CPSC saying like the shit is fucking crazy. It's causing way too much harm and the companies who make these magnets aren't doing enough to stop it. Yeah. So they ruled off the market, just get rid of them. So that's where we ended our glorious episode. Yeah, we felt great about it. Yeah, I, I, it was perfect. Yeah. But capitalism is going to capitalize. Yeah. And when a particular administration gained power in the US back in, you know, 2016, lots of things were reversed quietly, including this decision, and the effects of the reversal are finally out there. Let's read from the Gizmodo article, Kids Just Can't Stop Eating These Magnets, because it sums up the stats so well. Uh, I'm going to read one half, and how about you read the other half? Sounds amazing. Okay, great. Now, quote, In late 2016, however, the U.S. Court of Appeals struck down the rule, and the magnets were once again widely available in 2018. Once the magnets returned, the calls to poison control skyrocketed. In 2018 and 2019, the average number of calls per year rose by 444% compared to the period when the magnets were banned. Um, Now, Dr. Marissa, would you please continue? I would love to, Dr. Jill. All right. The number of calls that merited serious medical attention, such as hospitalization, also rose by, you guessed it, 355%. (laughs) What's more, 39% of all magnet-related calls in the study occurred in those two years alone, you guys. A study published in December 2020 found that the rate of magnet-related visits to the ER among children rose by 82% from 2017 to 2019 compared to the years 2013 to 2016, end quote. Oh my God, stop selling these magnets, you guys. It's just... I didn't even know 444% could exist. I didn't either. I can barely wrap my head around it. I also, I don't love this, but I love that on the very long list of things Trump is responsible for doing, um, uh, we can now add uh, shredding children's intestines with magnets. That's one of them. Yeah. There you go. So so please watch this space. Uh, Watch for the... I'm sure very long legal battles that will ensue, and uh, this product recall is fucking epic, and it is certainly deserving of its number one title hold, I think. Yeah, number one. placeholder, whatever the fuck the word is. Yes. (laughs) Number one bullshit. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, I think we need a palate cleanser. Definitely. Okay, so what better way to cleanse the palate than a story about one that nearly blew up? Ooh. Let's begin our in-betweeny, uh, sticking around 2018, but we're leaving the States for England to the city of Leicester. Oh, okay. Here, a 34-year-old man described as, quote, previously fit and well, walked into an emergency room complaining he had lost his voice and was unable to swallow normally. Hmm. The study, published in the January issue of BMJ Case Reports, also states he confirmed he, uh, quote, hadn't eaten anything sharp. Okay. So that's good. No magnets. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but he did hold in a sneeze by clamping his nostrils and keeping his mouth closed. Why? Why would anyone do that? So. I, I don't know. 
Do we ever discuss why he does that, or is he just a weirdo? He just he just did it. He just did it. <sighs> yeah. So Jeez. after doing this, the dude heard a heard and felt a pop in his neck, which began to swell, and thus his problems began. Uh, when mm. doctors listened to his breathing, they heard what was described as a very audible, small, like crackling sounds well, coming <laughs> coming from his neck. That's a bad sign. <laughs> they came from his neck, and they. Like, travel all the way down to, like, his rib cage with every exhale. I, you know, I'm Mm. not a real doctor. I don't know if anyone noticed that. But um, (laughs) I I don't think it takes a doctor to know uh, that this is so bad. Yeah, your your throat shouldn't sound like bubble wrap. No, definitely not. (laughs) Britain's Lester Royal Infirmary performed a few x-rays, and wouldn't you know it, that sneeze, having nowhere to go, found another way out. It busted through the back of his mouth and down his throat. Oh, great. Yeah. So perhaps it was one contained sneeze too many. For you see, this was the one that finally ruptured his pharynx. And this is the entryway right behind your tongue at the back of your mouth. And I'd say it's important. I would say that's very important. Yeah. It's basically the passageway for air, food, and liquid to end up in the right direction once entering your body. According to WebMD, branching off the pharynx is the esophagus, which carries food to your stomach, and your trachea, or windpipe, which carries air to your lungs. So basically, the pharynx um, helps control, like, the three most important things (laughs) you do in a day. Top three. Which is breathing, Mm -hmm. eating. Yeah, for me, yeah. And and drinking margaritas. (laughs) You can... Clink. <laughs> Which is what we've got going on. Yeah, you want your pharynx to work for margaritas especially. Definitely. So back to the sneeze, uh, which after, you know, oh, sorry. If you do rupture and bust your pharynx, stuff may end up in all sorts of places. Oh, that, no. it, that it shouldn't. So put a pin in that before okay. I, you know, get too far here. Okay. Uh, but back to the sneeze, which after fucking up the pharynx, condensed into large air pockets that embedded in the soft tissues down his neck and into the space between his lungs. Think shrapnel, but made of bubbles, basically. Yeah. So when he breathed or tried to move, those pockets were popping. And that's what made those cracking noises, basically. Um, But good news, these bubbles have happened before in people, and it's a condition called crepitus. Oh, crepitus. (laughs) Fun. More good news. Uh, You can see these air pockets thanks to x-rays, like we said. Now, would you like to see the man's newly inflated throat and these air pockets? Would you like to see the x-ray? I kind of really would. (laughs) I'm really pumped about this. So we will also provide the x-ray on our Instagram, Well, That's Interesting Pod. And I'm going to pull up this x-ray right here. And just tell us, what do you see, Dr. Marissa? So I see a profile. Yeah. Uh an x-ray profile of a man's neck. So it looks like there is a sliver of space. Uh is this it? That I'm That's it. At? That's one ear pocket. There is a there is a sliver of extra space um between the spinal cord and it looks like um tissue. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just an extra space. That's right. And I, I don't think it's supposed to be there. I don't think so either. I think that's a bad sign. Yeah, it's um, his throat looks bigger than normal. Yeah, I would it also looks. Say it. Oh, it does look a lot, quite a bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a big old air pocket down his throat that 
shouldn't shouldn't be there. Yeah, and it's yeah. not like a tiny bubble. It's like no. a long sliver of space. It goes from like his chin down to his shoulders. Yeah, it's bad news. Yes, yeah, bad news. Now, if you're wondering how a common sneeze could be so damaging, um, also, Dr. Mercer, if, if you would be so kind as to read the NPR article, Man Ruptures His Throat by Stifling a Sneeze. Absolutely. I would love to. All right. Quote, it's powerful. <laughs> Allergist Eli Meltzer told NPR's Nancy Shute, uh, we actually blow out the sneeze at 40 miles per hour. The discharge can go 20 feet. And it's said that 40,000 droplets uh, can come out when you spritz with the mouth and the nose when you sneeze, end quote. That's a lot of numbers, a lot of bigger numbers than I thought. 40 miles per hour. 40 miles per hour. Yeah. That's a, that's as fast as a a car (laughs) or um, the wind or I don't know. Yeah. Some fast things. That is, that is just going down your throat when you hold it in. Jesus. Uh, the article also includes a quote from Dr. Ziyang Zhang, a head and, nose, uh, head and neck surgeon. He says that this incident is, quote, exceedingly rare uh, and that he sees one or two cases a year, uh, okay. which I think I think is a shocking number. One I, or two. I think that's actually more. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was like once every 10 years no. kind of thing. This, oh, God. So let's head back to our hospitalized dude. Uh, remember when I said to put a pin in when the pharynx is busted and stuff may end up in all sorts of places it oh, shouldn't? Oh, yeah. Haven't stopped thinking about it. So, because of this, he was at high risk of a deep neck and chest infection. So they put him on precautionary antibiotics and a feeding tube because his throat couldn't be trusted to guide food the right way and it needed to relax and heal. Oh, so, God. Quote, thankfully, the man did recover. By day seven, his throat had healed enough that he was taken off the feeding tube and soon after discharged from the hospital with instructions to avoid holding in his sneezes. Oh, my God. A subsequent checkup two months later revealed no further problems. End quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was from the Gizmodo article, One Man Ruptured His Throat by Trying to Hold Back a Sneeze. So happy ending there. Yeah. You know what? You know what I'm never going to do? And what I never thought of doing, what I never have done, uh, it's holding in a sneeze. Definitely. I I have too many margaritas in my future (laughs) to mess that up. Uh, BTW, the BMJ case report, also mentions minor injuries from stifled sneezes, which include bursted eardrums, ruptured blood vessels, and pulled back muscles. Oh, God. Just wear a mask, sneeze into the crook of your arm if you don't have a tissue, and then for the love of God... Wash your hands. Yeah, or just stay home forever. Just stay home forever. Now, after the break, we're going to cleanse our palate cleanser with the wholesome fucking story of a walrus that woke up to find itself in Ireland. Oops. So, (laughs) stay tuned. Please do. We're the All Creatures Podcast. Each week, Angie and I explore and share amazing details about the many animals we share our world with. Plus, Chris and I are both PhD scientists and educators. So we do the deep dives in the scientific research and then come back and share what we learn in a fun and casual way. We also speak with other scientists, animal experts, activists, and many other conservation enthusiasts from all over the planet. So you can find the All Creatures Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. 
Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And if anyone has lived in New York City or any city with public transit, especially trains. Oh, yeah. You've probably fallen asleep at some point while commuting. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Yep. L train. So taking, uh, a, taking a long nap on that one a <laughs> couple times. So, and you've probably missed your stop. Yeah. Uh, you may have ended up at the last goddamn stop, like Coney Island or Harlem, or in this case, Ireland. Yikes. <laughs> so, That's a long nap. Yeah. So just a few days ago, on March 14th, quote, a walrus was spotted along the coast of Valentia Island in County Kerry, one of the westernmost points of Ireland. Alan Houlihan and his five-year-old daughter, Morin, were walking along the beach this past weekend when they noticed a creature lounging on some rocks. I thought it was a seal at first, and then we saw the tusks, Houlihan said. He kind of jumped up on the rocks. He was massive. He was about the size of a bull or a cow. Pretty similar in size. He's big. Big. End quote. And that was from allthatsinteresting.com. So, okay. <laughs> so... Walruses are not normally found in Ireland. Forgive me if that's a no, no, ignorant no. statement. Um, I'm just trying to imagine, like, imagine, like, what the equivalent of like if I were to walk outside right now. Yeah. What would be the weirdest? I would have to be like a rhinoceros. That would be a highly cheetah. unusual. <laughs> that would be that would be not good. A, Both not good. <laughs> I like. Um, I have to say, a Republican? Wal- I don't know. There's <laughs> just so many weird things in this area I could see. Yeah. Actually, a walrus would probably be the safest wild animal to see. Yes. And we'll get to it as to why. Safer yeah. than a Republican. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Dad also pointed out that five-year-old Morin was the first to spot the walrus. He told independent.ie, quote, Morin is the David Attenborough of Valentia Island. Oh. End quote. So cute. So Thanks to Big M, we also have some video, and I'd love to play it for the other Big M right next to me. Oh, yeah. Big M, would you please do a little walrus watching and just describe his behavior and its cute, confused, bumbling appearance, if I, you will. I would love to. Okay. I would love to. So I'm going to play it right now. All right. I'm looking at the walrus. 
Uh, it's on, uh, it looks like it's on a rock in the water. It's lurching up this rock. It's crawling up. Looks a little, maybe still drunk from the night before. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where the fuck am I? Why are there palm trees when I <laughs> fell asleep in New York last night? Um, gosh, it looks really embarrassed. Oh, it's getting in the water. There you go. Buddy, I don't know if swimming home is the right <laughs> thing to do. Uh, well, yeah, it was definitely sniffing around. Definitely looked it was a little like, confused. Where am I? It was definitely yeah. It was peeking around. Um, yeah, I hate to use the phrase spirit animal, but I did connect to this one. A lot. Speaking to Radio One's Morning Ireland, Mr. Houlihan said, "Quote: I haven't seen anything like it before in Ireland. Anyway, I've never seen one. I've spent my younger years fishing with my father, and I've never seen anything like it." Aww. He then added, quote, it's brilliant. He was sitting on the rock, now kind of posing, and at one stage there, he threw up a fin, and it looked like he was giving us all the birdie. <laughs> End quote. So Mr. Houlihan was right. Not only was the walrus probably giving him the finger, maybe, um, but a wild walrus sighting outside of the Arctic Circle is super rare. Yeah. The first recorded sighting in Ireland was way back in 1897. And then there wasn't a peep again for almost a century. The next sighting wasn't until the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. So what in the green hell is going on here? Yeah. So would you be so kind as to tell us what Kevin Flannery, a marine biologist with the Dingle Ocean World Aquarium, <laughs> told, <laughs> told the Independent? I would absolutely love to quote this gentleman from the Dingle Ocean World <laughs> Aquarium, which I had to say out loud. All right. Quote, uh, I'd say what happened is... He fell asleep on an iceberg and drifted off, and then he was gone too far out in the mid-Atlantic or somewhere like that, down off Greenland, possibly. End quote. Yeah. So, yeah, Arctic or Greenland. Yeah, just probably nodded off and just ended up at the last stop in Ireland about 900 miles from the Arctic. Now, we'll, Oops. <laughs> we'll provide some images on our Instagram, but if you fancy giving it a Google right now, search Walrus Ireland March 2021, and you'll see a video and a couple of pictures which suggest this is probably a walrus on the younger side, and this may explain why he got lost and yeah. also maybe gave the finger to Houlihan. Yeah. Um, but an adult walrus can have tusks as long as three feet, and this one's tusks were like a few inches in length, maybe a foot. Ah, so yeah. an adolescent, yeah, sounds like. Because it looks big enough to, you know, do its thing. Yeah. But it did have small tusks. It did have small tusks. Uh, now we have a few more walrus facts coming up, but before that, you're probably curious as to what happened. Shortly after being spotted, the walrus vanished, which is actually probably good news. Ah. Quote, Perhaps the walrus has already begun his return journey to the Arctic Circle, as Alan Houlihan recently went to check on his new friend and found the beach empty. I went down early this morning and there was no sign of him, Houlihan said. So I hope he's eating scallops and getting ready for his journey back. End quote. And that's from allthatsinteresting.com. Fabulous. So Godspeed to our sleepy walrus, who is uh, classified as a pinniped, a fin-footed semi-aquatic marine mammal. Oh, a pinniped. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So how do you feel about finishing this in-betweeny with a lightning round of fun walrus facts? I feel absolutely fabulous. Fantastic. Tell me everything. Okay. Voila. Read. God damn it. Oh, yes. All right. 
Okay, fact number one. Walruses weigh between uh, 1,320 to 3,300 pounds. All right, ah, I got that one. Um, (laughs) And can be as long as 10.5 feet. Males are about twice as big as females. Walruses are pretty damn chill, but if they really have to, they could swim as fast as 20 miles per hour. Ah, walruses are carnivores, but they aren't ferocious hunters. They love shellfish, which they find by dragging their whiskers along surfaces in the dark Arctic waters. Uh, According to the Smithsonian Institution's Arctic Study Center, a walrus can eat up to 4,000 clams in one feeding. I want to make a lesbian joke, but I won't. (laughs) When food is hard to come by, walruses will also eat the carcasses of uh, dead seals. There you go. Oh, my. Yeah. A lady walrus usually gives birth to one calf after a 15-month gestation period damn and that baby could weigh 100 to 165 pounds and hopefully it would live to the ripe old age uh its life expectancy is about 40 wow yeah and finally the walrus's scientific name is latin for and i quote tooth walking seahorse according to National Geographic. I must say that is one of my favorite translations. The only better one yep. is uh, uh, um, Penguin. Yep. And was it the Japanese name for Penguin? Yeah, I think the literal translation is, uh, uh, go for it, you say it. Business Goose. Business Goose. Business Goose, you guys. <laughs> oh, I think it's actually Mandarin. It's Mandarin, Sorry. it's Mandarin. The Mandarin <laughs> translation for Penguin is Business Goose. Uh, and, uh, it's, you know, there you go. That's two walking seahorse is a close second. <laughs> close second. <laughs> uh, so that was from National Geographic and our other source for today's facts were from livescience.com. So thanks to them for that. And for Morin for being the uh, next David Attenborough yeah. and, uh, for all of y'all, thank you for listening and rating and telling your friends and just, you know. Just being the this the walrus in our hearts. The walrus in our hearts. <laughs> That's y'all. That's y'all. Y'all are the best. If you if you fall asleep and wake up somewhere weird, tell us. Tell us about it. No judgments. Yeah. How did you get home? Yeah. What did you call a friend? Did could you find your phone? <laughs> Something tells me if this walrus had a phone, it was definitely lost. Yeah. Oh God. Well, please email us at well that's interesting pod at gmail dot com and let us know. Definitely. And Stay interesting. Please do.